Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 793. You know, I'd say plan. You know, whatever you do with your uh, business ventures, plan. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Nico Weinberg. Hey, Nico, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Let's roll. All right. Nico Weinberg is the Director of International Investment at the Georgia Department of Economic Development, the state of Georgia's sales and marketing arm. He and his team are responsible for exposing Georgia's business advantages around the world and providing assistance to expanding companies interested in doing business in Georgia, including the automotive industry. Nico has extensive experience in international economics and business and served in the Dutch Federal Department of Economic Development as a specialist in Russia and Central Asia. And guess what? He recently purchased a car from the BMW factory via their European delivery, picked it up over there, and uh, had a little fun on the Autobahn, I hear. So very, very cool. So Nico, I have told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career, what you guys are doing there, the state of Georgia, and of course, your passion for automobiles. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally from the Netherlands, as you mentioned. I came to the U.S., to the state of Georgia, just about 10 years ago. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, We have a very passionate team of professionals. And of course, in Georgia, we are in a great position. We are uh, in the heart of the uh, automotive industry. Uh, In the southeast, we're surrounded by uh, international OEMs. And of course, in the state of Georgia. We are home to uh, Kia from Korea, but also, of course, around us in uh, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Alabama, we have uh, VW, BMW, as well as Mercedes-Benz. And what that means is that Georgia is right in the middle of where the action is, especially with regards to um, the uh, German automotive suppliers. Absolutely. But of course, Georgia itself is home to the the North American headquarters of Mercedes-Benz as well as Porsche. So um, we are in a very good position from uh, both the Asian as well as uh, European automotive companies. Oh, absolutely. And I've interviewed a lot of people from your part of the world, racetrack owners, people through Porsche, BMW, some of the many manufacturers there. So, yeah, you guys are in the heart of fun down there. So I've got to come down there and pay you guys a visit. We're going to learn a lot more about you and the great state of Georgia and everything you're doing for the automotive industry here in the United States and abroad. But first... As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get those inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, so Nico, take the wheel. You know, I'm going with something that's a little bit of a cliche, and that's carpe diem. And carpe diem, I think, is one of those that is something to live by. It's also easier said than done. You seem to get caught up in certain things that that make you lose track of what's really important. And um, it also applies to to cars. When you look at buying a new car, go with what your passion is. Don't just go with, well, you know, I I need four wheels to take me from A to B, but also go with something that you really enjoy. So I think uh, it really goes, it goes far, I think. 
Absolutely. Carpe diem. And I've got a big smile on my face because I have a past guest, three-time guest here, Dwight T. Knowlton, who's an automotive artist and has written some wonderful kids' book. And his slogan is Carpe Viem, seize the road versus seize the day. So I think they both work really well. Well, tell us a little bit of how you incorporate Carpe Diem into your business and life and what you're doing to try to help the industry there in the state of Georgia. Well, like I said, sometimes it's easier said than done, but I think uh, Carpe Diem also applies to having fun in your job. And that's what we try to do a lot here. And we, um, we're busy. As you said, there's a lot of action right now, a lot of fun and cool stuff going on in the, in the Southeast and especially in Georgia. But we enjoy what we do, and, and I love working the, uh, with automotive companies. We still learn a lot from every single project that we work. I enjoy also getting to know the people behind the project because you spend a lot of time with each other. So having fun at, at what you do is just uh, uh, what makes it such a wonderful experience to be in the uh, economic development field. Oh, absolutely. And I would imagine... When a a company comes into the state or into the United States and they want to set up a factory, which is surrounded by other parts suppliers and everything, there's a lot of complication that occurs. There's all sorts of regulations and rules. There's things they have to have done before they can move to the next step. So I'm assuming, and you can share this, part of what your challenge there and your job there is to help these companies set things up so that things can go forward faster and work better for them. Is that right? That's exactly right. You know, a lot of what we do as, you know, our team of project managers does is part of the trick is knowing what the company doesn't know yet. So because of our experience working these different automotive uh, projects, we kind of know what's coming. Every project is different, so there are sometimes some unique challenges. But one of the things that I think we do really well is we are basically a portal through which information flows. So even if we don't know it ourselves, in the state of Georgia, there are so many different resources. You know, we can talk about logistics with the ports of Savannah, for example. We can talk to people at Atlanta Airport, which is, as you may know, the world's most traveled airport, but also education resources like Georgia Tech or the University of Georgia or many of the technical colleges we have. I can go on and on. It's just a a great environment to be in when you're surrounded by people that are uh, have such high levels of expertise. Absolutely. It's very cool. Well, let's go back in time a little bit here. I'd love for you to share a story with us that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you think back in your life that you realize that you were a car guy? You know, I cannot remember a time where I wasn't. You know, as a little kid, I had a whole collection of matchbox cars. You know, wherever I traveled, I always had one in my pocket at the very least. So I've I've always had those uh, those with me, but um, uh, I remember me and my dad going to uh, uh, again. I grew up in the Netherlands. It's an organization called RAI or RAI. It's basically the Dutch automotive organization, and they do a huge car show uh, in Amsterdam every year. And when I was five or six, my dad took me for the first time to that show in Amsterdam, where I was uh, uh, just astounded by all the all the people, by all the cars that that you can actually go in and try. That is probably my the first moment where I was like, yeah, this is really cool. I need to uh, find a way to uh, be part of this world, and uh, I'm thankful that that I am on a daily basis. I get to uh, I get to talk cars and talk to interesting people that know a lot about cars. Sure, absolutely. You know, matchboxes. Gosh, Hot Wheels matchboxes. I think that's an international toy because I've had people from all over the world on the show, and they all talk about having those. When they were a little kid, I was one of them. I still have a whole case full of my original Matchbox 
by Leslie Carr. So, and I've got one sitting on my desk right here in front of me. The first one my father ever bought for me when I was about five years old, a, a red Jaguar XKE. So very fun. Yeah, very fun. Well, Nico, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. You've, you're an international guy. I know you speak multiple languages. You work with countries all over the world. I would assume that once in a while you meet up with a big challenge or even a big failure. So take us down a road, share a story with us, but more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? You know, every project we work on, whether it's a new project or just an expansion, comes with its own challenges. And, you know, truth be told, we don't win every single project. But our job is to make sure that the best solutions are given to the company, but also the community that they'll be working in, uh, so they can serve their customers. Because ultimately, that's, that's you know, we want to make sure that the, that the business thrives. And with each challenge that we face, we take notes on how to improve, and we take those lessons with us to the next project. Well, can you take me to a specific time, and you don't have to name names, I know that that can get sensitive, but maybe a situation that you kind of felt like, oh man, how am I going to get past this thing? How am I going to make this work? And even if it's something that didn't work out, what that lesson was, that takeaway? You know, that's a tough one. I, I was, I, I'll give it some, uh, you know, I need to give this a little bit of thought, but usually it is something related to to, the, to an actual site where we're, where I guess the geography doesn't quite work. Ah. So what you do in a situation like that is, you know, it either, you know, you, you can only do so much. I mean, we're ultimately, like I said, we're portals through which information flows. Mm -hmm. So we can't change the, the, the landscape or the geography of a certain area. But what we can do sometimes is find a way to compromise. And again, what we do is sometimes we, our job is to find the most ideal compromise. So what we do is we bring in partners that, that know that. You know, for example, in Georgia, we work very closely with the utility companies, and they have some engineers on staff that can also provide, you know, at least, at the very least, have some brainstorming, like, well, what if we were to move it this way? Or what if we were to, theoretically, what, what if we were to be able to move this road to that side? Could it then work? So, and with each situation, we learn, and, you know, and hopefully for the next project, it'll, it'll work out. So do you find yourself many times trying to be the transitionary person in what can sometimes be a bureaucratic situation where there's so many rules, regulations, things for people need to do, like utilities? A big factory needs a lot of power, so there's a lot of special things there. And I've been involved in moving companies and trying to actually set up and create new buildings for companies I was involved in. And, oh, there's all these rules and regulations, and you sit down and go, we're just trying to build a business here. Why are you making it so hard? Does your department work as a way to kind of help facilitate those challenges? Absolutely. The best way to describe what we do in economic development is relationships. And I think one of the things that we do very well in Georgia, and we have done consistently well over the years, is the relationships that we have with our different partners. I, I mentioned a few already. Probably the most important relationship that we have is that with our local communities. Because ultimately, as we help a company evaluate our state, it's the community that ultimately will be working with them the closest after they make the decision to hopefully come to Georgia. So um, it is the, the community partners on the ground that are, uh, that are truly instrumental. And the way we work in Georgia is that with every state entity or local community or, or otherwise partners, there's always one single point of contact, and that single point of contact will help me as a project manager find the right person in that organization. 
So the community will bring in the person that will deal with water, sewer, natural gas, power, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. I can't even imagine all the moving parts that you're orchestrating there to try to make things come true and make things come to fruition for these companies trying to set things up. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a a career aha moment. Think back in your career when there was a time when you went, ah, that's the road I'm going to head down. That's the path for me. And tell us what your aha moment was. Um, It was probably when I was still back in the Netherlands when I was uh, first introduced to economic development. Um, I I have a master's degree in international affairs, which is obviously a little bit broad, a little bit theoretical. I sort of rolled into economic development, and initially, it wasn't something that was on my radar. But when I first started working in economic development and I was working with people, I realized that that is what I really enjoy. Not so much the theoretical stuff that I've been doing in in university, but really working with people and what drives them and interacting with people on a daily basis. And one of the things that I realized, probably even more so after I moved to Georgia and really was even more exposed to site selection, is that behind every person you work with is a company, whether it's big companies or small companies, you know, a venture into the United States is a make it or break it deal sometimes. So there's a lot of a lot at stake for a lot of those companies. And I think our awareness as project managers of that fact, I think makes us, I think, good at what we do, because we understand that this is not, they're not, you know, not no pun intended, but they're not buying a used car. And I think the, the, the fact that we are so aware of that is really helps a company, you know, build that trust with that company. Oh, definitely. I'm thinking here, win-win as a takeaway from that. I like that. Working with people, that is always the key. Well, how about a proudest career or business moment? I would assume you've had a few of those, but is there one that you'd share with us? Yeah, there have been a couple where I thought, you know, I, this is where my own, you know, we economic development, in my opinion, is not a profession for big egos. You know, it's ultimately a big team effort. But you know when you you feel like you've made a difference in, in bringing this project across the finish line, and the one that I'm probably the proudest of is a company that we located or that announced about a year ago. Uh, it's called Century Tire. It's a uh, tire, ma- as the name would imply, is a tire manufacturer from China. One of the largest Chinese projects that we've uh, that that have come to the southeast, but also a company that was, um, you know, a very big decision for them. So was, there were a lot of moving parts. But it was very rewarding to see that the work you put into this particular project, it paid out. And ultimately also, the types of jobs that this company will create includes a lot of uh, R&D type jobs. So those jobs are really jobs that the state will will continue to benefit from. And it will be a win-win situation because of the cross-pollination between what the the know-how and skills that this company will bring to our state, as well as what uh, our state can do for this company. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations for that. And it's so nice to hear of uh, uh, companies, especially from China, coming to the USA, I should say, and providing jobs here as well. So nice reciprocation there. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time again and talk about your first really special car, that first car that you got that meant something to you. I know in my introduction, if you want to bring that up, that's fine. You got to go to BMW, pick up a car at the factory, drive it on the Autobahn, have some fun. That's very cool. I've done that myself, and it's a wonderful way to get introduced to a new car. Tell us about your first really special car. You know, I'll I'll go back in time a little bit, and that would be a Honda Civic. 
And I and the reason for that is it was really the first car that I bought with my own money, which is also already a little bit special. But also that car was just a fantastic car. Like you just can't kill them, you know. They're, <laughs> believe me, I tried. <laughs> it's that thing lasted forever, and uh, you know it may not be the most exciting car, you know, but it was a really good car, and. Uh, I uh, I finally ended up selling it, and uh, it was time. I was actually kind of hoping to keep it until it was 25. Believe it or not, it was. I bought it as a used car, but yeah, it was uh, 23 years old when I sold it. Wow, cool. You know, you're not the first person to mention a Honda Civic, and yeah, they're not the sexiest of cars or the fastest of cars, but they're a really nice, stable, fun platform. Uh, they handle really well, and the Hondas. Uh, but yeah, they're bulletproof. They just last and last and last. So uh, very cool. Well, is there a car that you've sold and let go? Maybe it's that one that you really wish you had back in your garage. Yeah, you know what? Actually, it would be that one because I, uh, you know, as a second car, you know, just to uh, to uh, the, the mileage is great. I didn't really need it anymore. But yeah, that's that's probably a car I would have just hold on to and maybe some point get some antique tags on it or something but but uh but no that probably would would definitely be that same car the same one very nice very nice well let's talk about today and tomorrow i'd love for you to share what has you really excited and fired up there at the georgia department of economic development what are you guys working on now that really has this year looking great for you and for the great state of georgia well of course we can't speak on our ongoing projects because we have to uh to respect the confidentiality of, and companies put a lot of trust into us. Mm, yes. I can say we have some big things coming down the pipeline in uh, in Georgia. And uh, with our leadership, we continue to create an environment that's great for business. And companies all over the world are taking notice of that and opening operations in our state. You know, we mentioned Germany, we mentioned China, Korea. Uh, there are so many different uh, areas of the world that, that do something in automotive. So I would say if you want to be the first to know about a project, uh, one website you can go to is georgia.org slash newsroom. We have quite a few things in the pipeline, so please be sure to uh, to continue to, uh, to stay on top of that. I'll make sure that I put that link on your show notes page here at Cars yeah, on the website. Let me ask you this then, and I understand you have to be confidential with companies planning big moves like this. What are a couple of things about the state of Georgia that you would share with our listeners that make that state an ideal place to locate a big company, a small company, a manufacturing company? So having done this for uh, for a good number of years, it is a decision on coming to a certain location is always a combination of factors. There's never one thing that drives a company somewhere. You know, it is, of course, a business decision. It is also, you know, there is a little bit of uh, uh, some some part of it is maybe a little bit subjective because you are dealing with people. Mm-hmm. In Georgia, we are very fortunate to be very centrally located in the, in the heart of the southeast. I mentioned the Atlanta airport, but also the seaport of Savannah, which is the second biggest seaport on the East Coast, but also the fastest growing seaport in North America. So that dynamic duo of having that airport and seaport makes the logistics work really well for Georgia. And then, of course, the workforce. Uh, We are very fortunate having different educational facilities as well as uh, our workforce training program, which is a program that's offered free of charge to companies that locate here. It's uh, called Georgia Quick Start, because ultimately we believe that, you know, you can, of course, have excellent logistics. Of course, the site needs to work. But ultimately, if if as a company you want to grow, 
you need to have the right workforce because the human capital is ultimately what will uh, make you successful. Absolutely. And then, of course, the quality of life. And uh, it is something that is the most subjective of them all. Because, you know, when you say we have great quality of life in Georgia, it doesn't mean it is bad elsewhere. It just means that if you are a company from, let's say, Germany, and you want a thriving, energetic urban area, then you can go to midtown Atlanta. But if you want to, if you have a family and you want to have a larger house, live next door to a golf course or, or a beautiful beach, we have that too. Uh, in the weekends, you can go up into the North Georgia mountains or check out, uh, again, one of our beaches it's a great combination of live, work, and play, I believe. Oh, yeah. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I've had many, many guests here on Cars. Yeah, from the Atlanta area, from the state of Georgia, people that run Concours events to factories to museums and driving centers and dealerships. And uh, the list goes on and on. Everyone I know that lives there loves that part of the world. It's Atlanta is, in, or, or the state of Georgia, is growing fast. And and I and as a well, I'm not a relative newcomer anymore, but it's been it's been almost ten years. But I can tell, I can tell you that it's it's been a really easy place to uh, to make friends, to find different business connections. Uh, it's uh, it's truly a very welcoming place. Absolutely. Well, if you were a car, Nico, what kind of car would Nico be, and why? Well, Nico would of course be a BMW. Probably no surprise there. What I love about that brand is um, it's reliable. But it's also, uh, well, I think it looks cool. Not that I want to say I look cool, but it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a nice-looking nice car. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it has a certain image. And uh, I think BMW has come, you know, over the, the decades that it's been around, you can still always recognize that it is a BMW. And uh, despite the fact that, it, that they're just nice-looking cars that are, you know, state-of-the-art. But ultimately, what they have never... I don't think compromised on is the engine, the ultimate, ultimately the performance. Sure, the ultimate driving machine as their mantra states. I'm my listeners know I'm a big BMW fan. I drive an M3. My wife drives an X5. My son drives a 3 Series. My daughter drives a Mini Cooper. So yeah, we're a big uh, BMW family for sure. Very nice. Well, Nico, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom patterned for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? 
Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Nico, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that BMW throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I would say um, do your research, but also follow your passion. I kind of alluded to that earlier. You know, there's a lot of information out there and it can be overwhelming, but do some research, but ultimately also pick something that you really will enjoy. You know, there's so many stories about, well, you know, when you when you uh, end up having to pay for repairs, it's going to cost an arm and a leg. And I feel like that's probably true for every vehicle. But ultimately, when you spend so much time in a, in a car, you need to also enjoy the experience. Have some fun. Absolutely. Now, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? I think whenever you uh, hire, for example, a new project manager in economic development, I think the first bullet point in that job description ought to be flexibility. You deal with people, you deal with companies that have their own internal dynamics, and ultimately what we do in order to promote the state of Georgia as an attractive business location is we cater to the needs of that customer or potential customer. And flexibility is absolutely key. And I think that's a quality that that I think I've, I have, but I continue to benefit from because that ultimately is, uh, you know, at the state of Georgia, we don't have nine to five jobs. We, <laughs> we cater to the needs of, of companies, whether it's automotive or a different sector. And that ultimately, I think, makes us uh, good at what we do. That's great. Absolutely. Now, about resources, you mentioned a couple there, but what are some of the great resources people can go to to find out more about what you're doing in the state of Georgia? You mentioned a training program as well. Could you list a couple of those for us? So I mentioned Georgia.org, which is, as our main website, is already a a wealth of uh, information. Another one I want to point out is Georgia.org slash automotive because we like to keep it simple. And that's uh, a good resource for anything automotive-related in the state of Georgia. And whether it's uh, related to uh, the two headquarters we have, Porsche or Mercedes-Benz, Kia as our main OEM, but also uh, lots and lots of suppliers that we have here. So it it also talks a little bit about the trends and uh, some cool things that we have going on here. Great. I'll make sure that those are listed on your show notes page at the Cars Yeah website. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry or field, living or deceased, who would it be? You know, hopefully this is not something you've heard that often, but I would definitely go with Elon Musk. Oh, okay. I've had the privilege of of hearing him speak one time at an automotive news conference in Detroit. I was uh, blown away by the the charisma and the, uh, the knowledge 
But the fact that he was able to get this company off the ground, Tesla, and um, the vision behind it that really continues to uh, to be strong, I would love to pick his brain on what has gotten him to this point, but also what is, especially what is still to come. And uh, so I'd be really interested to see how he would be in uh, on a one-to-one conversation. Yes, picking Elon Musk's brain, that would be quite a brain to be uh, delving into, that's for sure. Now about a book, is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy reading? This is a book that actually is not related to automotive, but as I mentioned, I am from the Netherlands originally, and I recently read this book that I thought was extremely interesting. It's about history. It's called Island at the Center of the World by Russell Shorto. It's an American gentleman who uh, lived in the Netherlands for a while. It's it's about Manhattan and how the Dutch founded the city of New York at the time as New Amsterdam and how they brought free trade and multiculturalism to that part of the world and how it continues to... Uh, to influence the United States. And of course, it's the most important city and the most important country in the world. So it's uh, it's really interesting read, I think. Oh, great book. That one has not been recommended, but I'm happy to add it to the guest recommendations list here on the Cars yeah website. So listeners, you can go to Nico's site on CarsYeah.com. Just type Nico Weinberg. His last name is spelled W-I-J-N-B-E-R-G. That book will be listed there along with all the past 792 guest books listed. There's close to a thousand books there now. Absolutely fantastic resource for you to go and check out if you enjoy reading. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Nico. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, this is something I want you to drive, though, and enjoy, but something fun and unique. But money is no object. I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that car be and why? You know, that's actually a harder question than (laughs) you would think because uh, there are so many. If money really is no object, I would probably go with uh, one of the older Porsche 911s. I think that is just a, a truly beautiful car that is uh, a, a true machine, but still looks really awesome. And uh, that would also be, of course, really fun to drive in during the weekend or uh, uh, one of the racetracks you mentioned. That would be my pick. Absolutely. Well, let's narrow this down a little bit because I'm a huge fan of the Porsche 911. I've had many of those cars. So when you say older, are you talking about going back to the first generation 911, say from 1965 through 69, or there's a period there that fell into place in the 70s, and then you get into the Carreras and then all the other newer cars. So how old do you want to go back with this 911? Well, honestly, as you mentioned, it's a, it's kind of a luxury problem because there's really not a bad a bad generation, but I would probably go back to that first generation. Okay. Ah, oh, cool. Well, you know, it just so happens that... Two days ago, I went to visit a guy who's selling an original owner, 1967 911S. This gentleman has owned this car for its entire life. He's 80 years old. He's finally ready to let it go. So uh, it's black. Is that okay with you? I think that can, I can work with you that. You think you can work with that? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, those cars have gotten very expensive, so I am going to get my big checkbook out for you. But I think that would be fun as long as you let me drive it back to Atlanta to deliver it to you. I think that'd be a fun road trip. Absolutely. It sounds like an awesome road trip. All right. Well, maybe you can fly out here to Gig Harbor and we'll do it together. That sounds like a great plan. Nico, you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey and business career journey with me and the Car Show listeners. Would you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off into the sunset in that uh, Porsche 911S? (laughs) You know, I'd say plan. 
you know, whatever you do with your uh, business ventures plan, we always hope that there's a, a philosophy or, or a vision behind what a company does. And we're, we're there to help. We have a fantastic research division within our department, for example, that can help pull all kinds of stats, but plan. Do your research, but at the same time, enjoy what you're doing. Plan your work, work your plan. So very good advice. What's the best way, again, for listeners to follow along with what you folks are doing there in Georgia? www.georgia.org slash newsroom. Awesome. Great. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Nico shared today on his show notes page at the Cars yeah! website. Just type Nico in the search bar. That page will pop up, and you can follow along with what the state of Georgia is doing in, trying, in helping the automotive industry here in the United States. Fantastic work that they're doing. I really appreciate your time today, Nico. I want to thank you for being so generous and for sharing your expertise and your experiences with the Cars Yeah! listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, You'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Cars Yeah!